All right, good evening, Evie Free. Good evening, Evie Free. My name is Eddie Parker, one of the teaching voices on staff, and I love being here. I love teaching God's Word, and I love you guys. Um, and I, I want to admit something really quick. Um, growing up, I never thought that I could really make a meaningful contribution to this, in this country. And to be quite honest with you, it's because, it's because of my race. Um, unlike the city of Fullerton, uh, I'm Korean. Uh, you might have a neighbor that's Mr. Kim or Mr. Lee. <laughs> but I grew up in North County, San Diego. Anyone know the area, North County, San Diego? Yeah, a few of us. Uh, I didn't grow up on the coast side. I grew up way inland. <laughs> All right. So in elementary school, no one really knew what Korean was growing up. And so uh, in, in first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, in every single grade, I got asked the same exact question. Uh, are you Chinese or are you Japanese? And I would say, I'm Korean. And they'd be like, where are they from? <laughs> from Korea. Well, where's that? It's in between China and Japan. <laughs> and and, and it, didn't, you know, it didn't take too long for me to figure out, I don't think these guys are going to elect me president of anything. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and growing up here, uh, even watching media, I, I never really saw any talented A-list Asian actors, right? Other than like maybe like Jackie Chan. And, and in terms of professional athletes, the only Asian kind of pro athletes were like pitchers. And, and, but the only, the only thing that this arm could throw down is a violin bow, not a, not a ball of any sort. And um, until, until about high school, until about high school when this show was created called American Idol. Do you guys remember that show, American Idol? Anybody know that show? American Idol was uh, this talent show, highly, highly viewed and watched in, in the United States, where thousands upon thousands of ordinary, regular people can try out to be a, and to become America's next pop star. And there was this one Asian guy who put us on the map. His name was William Hung. Do you guys remember this guy? And, and he, he, got, he got famous for singing that, singing that Ricky Martin song. Do you guys remember what song that was? She bangs, right? Talk to me, tell me. Remember that? It was like viral, right? Um, but I don't really want to talk about William Hung, right? But what I, what I really want to to get to is that after that show came out, American Idol, producers and marketers realized the amount of uh, attention and obsession that our culture had with talent. And so all these shows started spinning off of American Idol like America's Got Talent. And so that's what I want to talk about today is talent. Two weeks ago, our church uh, launched a series called Generosity in Service. And our, our pastor, new community, Aaron Kerr, he talked here about, do you guys remember? Time. And he beautifully taught us that time is a gift to serve God and to serve others. And so this week, I'm going to talk about talent when it comes to service, serving in the church. But here's the problem. Like I said about American Idol and America's Got Talent, our culture has become so obsessed with talent. 
feeling that, that we need to be talented in order to make a, make a meaningful contribution or an impact. And, and, and I, can, I can really admit that even here at EV Free, we can perpetuate some of that. You know, there's this perception that here at EV Free that we're like this well-oiled machine. If you ever hear during the morning services, uh, for example, uh, has anyone parked in the parking structure in the morning? Right? Right? I don't know about your experience, but my experience, it's like Disneyland. It's amazing. I always come in and enter in from the Bassentury entrance. And what happens is I, I, I creep into that driveway. And what always happens is some car leaves and leaves open a primo prime time space on the first floor. And I don't want to. I don't want to park on the third floor because I have all this like daddy baby gear that I have to like <laughs> carry, you know, and, and haul down three flights of stairs. But I always want to park on the first floor. But but the problem is what? There's this wooden gate that's blocking the aisle to get to that parking spot always, right? But what's amazing about our parking team here at EV Free is that not even three seconds goes by when I notice that parking spot opens. I see a woman. Running down the parking structure, grabbing that wooden gate and opening it for me because she realizes that that parking spot just got open and I'm waiting for it. That's how crazy and talented our volunteers are here. They work for Disneyland, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, and, and, and it doesn't end there. If you, if you walk down Plaza Walk or if you walk towards this, this worship gathering, about, you know, you can't go 10 feet without being greeted by not just one, but maybe many. Friendly, warm faces saying hello, welcome to EV Free, good afternoon, good, good morning, good evening. And you would think that these people like went to professional welcoming academy that they're so good. And if that's not enough, you enter into a space like this or a space like the worship center and we, and we run a tight 64-minute production service with lights, with sound, with, with an amazing band, with a young worship leader with a high-faded haircut. You could tell that I used to work, lead worship, right? <laughs> and then you have this gifted, articulate speaker, not including this week, but normally we do. And so I'll admit, even, even us as a church, we can perpetuate this, this sense of like, you need to be at a certain level or a certain, or a certain par. And, and it, it's easy to feel like, I'm, what can I really offer this place? What, what kind of contribution can I really make? There's so many talented and gifted people here. And you, you almost want to say like, I'm not, I'm not good enough to to be on host and greet team? I can't do this like for, for more than 20 minutes. I can't facilitate a community group or a rooted group. I'm not, those people have issues. I'm not trained for that. I can't be on worship team. They keep on talking about six, five, one, seven, one, two, five. I can't keep up with all those numbers and all those clicking in the ears. It's easy to feel like, I'm not, I'm not good enough. What, what can I possibly offer this, this gathering, this community? But what I actually want to offer to you tonight is that it actually has nothing to do with how much talent you have. It actually has nothing to do with, with how talented you are. But there's something much more important than talent and even using your talents and skills. 
and gifts. Well, what is that? Well, Paul, the Apostle Paul, tells a very, very talented and gifted church what is more important. He tells it to a church in Corinth. So if you can open your Bibles, if you can flip your phones, or if you want to just look up into the screen, we're going to have uh, 1 Corinthians up on the screen. I always get psyched out because like, I, can't, I, don't, I don't hear the pages rustling, so I never know if everyone was there yet. Um, but, you know, as I'm reading through 1 Corinthians, um, I, I feel like I don't need to watch like, gritty television anymore. Yeah, I'm really into like gritty television, like political dramas, like House of Cards, or, or you know, my, my wife, she's really into those like murder, uh, I, I said CSI, but she's really into like um, Castle and Cold, but no one knows those shows, but I, still, I just say CSI or NCIS, but, it, but I feel like First Corinthians has all the entertainment I need. You know why? Because it has the big three, money, sex, and power. In the end of the letter of Corinthians, Paul talks about money. He talks about this collection. He, he's encouraging the Corinthians to set aside uh, their resources for the poor in Jerusalem, the, the, hurting, the hurting believers. And there's also this, this suing of each other within the church. And there's all these weird sexual things that are happening in the, in the letter. There's a prominent figure in, in the church where he is actually living and sleeping with his father's wife. And the church has done nothing about it. And Paul is calling them out and saying, you can't let that happen. I don't care who this person is. But one of the most prominent tensions and themes in the letter of 1 Corinthians is power. There is an immense power struggle in the church of Corinth. There's division, there's factions, there's dissensions, there's hero worship. Some people are saying, I follow Paul. I follow Peter. I follow Apollos. And there's people like, I don't even follow those men. I follow Christ. There's division. There's, there's a, a grab for power. And one of the reasons uh, that's contributing to this tension of power is the way that they view talents and gifts. Historians would say that the city of Corinth could be equated to the city of Los Angeles or Las Vegas, an epicenter of trade, commerce, and entertainment. So just like how Los Angeles and Las Vegas has some of the world's best entertainers, Corinth was the same, filled with, filled with people with charisma, with talent. But one of the... One of the one of the talents or giftings that was causing such an issue was this gift of tongues. Tongues is this, this ability to speak in another human language that you don't know or are trained in, but spiritually you're able to speak the language or it's a language that's this angelic type of language that only the divine can understand. And these people that were speaking these, these tongues were were. were were elevating themselves to have greatest authority. Elevating themselves to be the most important in the church. And it was causing this tension and dissension and division. Marginalizing those who are maybe not have as charismatic gifts. But Paul, Paul levels the playing field and he neutralizes their understanding. So if you look in chapter 12, he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, talents, Abilities, 
I don't want you to be uninformed. And we're going to jump down to verse 4. And he says this. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. There are a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. Now, this is a helpful Bible study hint. If you see a word that's repeated in parallel phrases, it's probably significant to underline or highlight or circle that word. And what was the word that we saw repeated in every phrase? Varieties. So Paul is trying to establish and normalize that there's not just one amazing gift that matters, that there are many. And you know what? It's even silly to to lift up gifts. There's a lot of baggage on the word gifts. It's almost like the superpower, right? He interchangeably uses it with service and activities. An umbrella word for this is it's just the things we do when we gather together as a church body. It's just stuff we do. And Paul carries on and he says that, you know what, it's not even about the gifts, the talents, and the skills in it of itself. Intrinsically, using those gifts is no good. There's actually a greater end. There's a greater purpose for those gifts. And he says this in verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit, the gifts, service, activities for the common good. Meaning that the purpose, the ends of those gifts, activities, those service, those things that we do is for the betterment of the other person. It's for the betterment of the collective. It's for the common good. And he lists these gifts. Wisdom. Wisdom in it of itself has no intrinsic value if it does not Uh, if it does not improve the betterment of the person in front of you. Knowledge in and of itself has no intrinsic value unless it is for the betterment of somebody else. Faith in and of itself has no value unless it's to build up and encourage others to live more faithfully, to live with, with more risk and hope and love. Healing, miracles, if it's not for the purpose of somebody else and making their life better, And what is it for? For boasting? To make a name for yourself? Prophecy, discernment. You know what I find really fascinating? Is that at the end of this list, Paul puts the gift of tongues. The very, very gift and talent that many were elevating themselves You know, and it's really interesting because we're not too unlike the ancient church. We we put a lot of value on on the gifts and the functions in the body that are the most charismatic, right? The teaching and the leading of worship and song. And it's very sobering to see from Paul's letter to the Corinthians that those those are not the only gifts that matter. That there are a variety of gifts from the same spirit. And then he says something very jarring in the next chapter, in chapter 13. He says this. 
If I speak in human or angelic language, but do not have love, I'm just a sounding gong or clanging cymbal. It doesn't matter how articulate I am. It doesn't matter how funny I am. It doesn't matter how clear my communication is. If I do not have love, I'm just noise. Worship leader, it doesn't matter how great you sound, no matter uh, how, how, how much you hit the right pitches. If you do not have love, you are just empty noise. That's what Paul is saying. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all the faith that I can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And he goes on to say, and if I donate all my goods, if I sell all my possessions and, and, and manifest and show the world the greatest example of self-sacrifice, right? Giving all your possessions away and giving it to the poor, but do not love. Or what about doing the ultimate, uh, 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 highest honor in the Christian faith, dying for the faith, giving your life as a martyr, but if we do not do that out of love, what does Paul say? I gain nothing. It's not about the talents and the service and the gifts in and of itself, but there's something greater. It's not about using your talents. It's about practicing love. Paul goes on into, and, he, and he writes probably the most beautiful description of love in human language. And can we do something special? Can we, can we actually all together read aloud his description of love? I'm going to have it up on the, on the screen. And, and if we could just take some time to read it slow, reflective, not trite, and really ponder the words that Paul is saying of what love is. Can we do that? Can we try that out? On the count of three. One, two, three. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist in its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Amen. Paul says love endures forever. Love never ends. He says to the church that wisdom will, will pass away, prophecy will pass away. The gifts will cease, but you know what? Love will not end. And he says this thing about being a child. He says, when I was a child, I act like a child, I walk like a child. But when I grew up to be a man, I left my childish ways behind me. And seeing I know in part, but I'll know fully. And, and it's almost cryptic. But what Paul is saying, he's making a prophetic statement about the future. 
He's making a statement that in the end, all we will have is love. That in the new world that we will enter in because of Christ, all that will be left is faith, hope, and love. And love will be the language in which we communicate. Kindness will be the way in which humans will connect and communicate with one another. Patience will be the way that humans connect and relate with one another. That is what intrinsically is valuable. Practicing and moving towards the end, which is love. Love endures forever. I want to tell you a simple story about one of our members here at EV Free. Her name is Jen. She is a mother of two, a wife, and uh, she's on my Love Europe missions team. And in one of our meetings for Love Europe, we, we got to share our testimonies and stories of how we came to faith and how we came and landed here at EV Free. And there was something particular about her story that really, really excited me. And it's a simple story, but it was, it was quite profound. She said that, uh, you know, when she came here to EV Free, she, she just wanted to attend. She, she, she had some baggage you know, from her previous church. And she didn't want to, she almost wanted to hide. And kind of connected to some of the things that we were talking about in the beginning, she, she, she just noticed that there's so many gifted and capable people and she would just feel intimidated or inadequate to even, she'd just say like, oh, I'm not good enough. What can I really contribute to this place? But slowly as she was sharing her story, friends would invite her to women's ministry. And then invite her to lead in women's ministry. And then invite her to lead worship for women's ministry. And then she ultimately became a Bible teacher for Pursuit, which is one of our main women's ministry programs here. And if that's not, if, if that's not all, she's actually one of our high energy, very talented executive assistants on staff here at EV Free. And like I said, she's on my missions team. But what excites me is not the fact that she's, she's doing so much, she's using so many gifts and her talents and she's getting involved. That's not what was exciting to me, actually. I met her up for coffee this week, you know, obviously asking if I can share the story in, in the message. And, but what really excited me was that she said, Eddie, I realized that God has been preparing me this whole time to be a shepherd for so many other women who need love. There's so many people here that need love. And it's so simple, but there's something profound in what she said. Because it's not, it's not about, from God's perspective, does he care that she's using her gifts and talents? And, and from God's perspective, what's important is that she's practicing love. Practicing love. And why that's so important is that this world is not patient. This world is not kind. This world 
is full of envy and self-boasting and rudeness. And the only thing that has showed me anything different is the cross of Jesus Christ, which is the very reason why we gather in this space and place. When I look at the cross, I don't see that I need to be talented or use my gifts, or I don't see that, that Jesus that used all his divine power and gifts. What I see is that Jesus loved me, that Jesus knew me, that Jesus was so kind and patient with me. He changed my heart when I was so incapable of loving. But now he gave me a community where I can practice how to love. So church, when it, when it comes to serving in the church, it's not about you using your gifts and your talents, actually. It's, it's, it's an opportunity to practice love, practice patience, practice kindness, for in the end, it will be love. That will be the language of the new world we will enter in. Evie Free, I, I hope when, when we are invited to serve this body, that we'll say yes. And that we will see that it's not about using our talents and gifts, because I know so many of us are gifted and talented, but it's so much more than that. It's an opportunity to practice the greatest virtue that Jesus Christ has left this world, which is his love. I pray we can do that. Pray with me. Father, thank you. Thank you for this word. And I pray that it's an encouragement to those who are just here, who attend, who have found safe haven in this place here at EV Free, in our facility, in our services. Father, I, I, pray that, I pray that this could be more, this journey could be more for my brothers and sisters, that we will challenge and encourage and move them towards not being a place that's safe, not being just a place where they can be blessed, but Father, but where they can actually practice the language of love. Father, I pray that we would see that it's so much greater than using our gifts, so much greater than how, much, how talented we, we really are or how gifted we really are, but that it's, it's, it's about love. Are we learning to love? Are we practicing love ultimately so the world will see and know your love? Thank you, Father. I pray your Holy Spirit rest on us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.